0: hello and welcome to the lead generation strategies podcast i'm your host joey myers from lead generation which website is this one lead generation uh services.com. and uh i have on with me today is mr ray ellen first i want to welcome you to the show ray thanks man thanks for having me yeah, appreciate you. And uh, so we we talked a while back, a couple you know month or two ago, I think. And uh, you know, I was I was pitching some some car some um, content and distribution stuff, and then we were just getting to talking. And you know, I just thought that you had some really cool insights on real estate and, and marketing. I, you have both sides. You have that marketing side, plus you also have the real estate side. And uh, you know, running the company that you run. Um, so, um, but just give you a, just a quick background. I'll let you go into a little bit more. But um, Ray Rail and he he runs Pixel Properties. Uh, is buying and selling real estate in Arkansas. I know he just went through, and maybe we can talk about that on this. He's going through acquisition merger. I'm sure that's all done now uh, at this point. If you want to talk about it, um, but he's at PixelProperties.com and um i know he he wanted to promote his podcast at the end we'll do that um uh, but first you know go into a little bit more detail ray about what you guys do and kind of what your what your superpower is
1: yeah so i started real estate in uh, 2006 i was marketing a whole bunch of properties for other real estate agents and i did about 49 million for other agents that year and thought wow I really get my real estate license. So I got <laughs> licensed in January of 2007 and we had an amazing four or five months before the market just started downward. It was like <laughs> somebody just turned off the water faucet right. and stopped. So I hung in there a little bit and I didn't do so hot. I did okay, but I wound up doing business brokerage and commercial real estate and things like that. I wound up owning a couple of businesses, which that's what happens. If you get into business brokerage, you see some good deals and take them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in 2013, I jumped back into the residential game and I just really focused on processes and systems. What made this client's experience fantastic? And why was this one a fantastic failure? Mm-hmm. And I looked up after about two and a half years of that focus and really just investing every single transaction into the next. And I was one of the top producers in the area. So I thought, <laughs> well, I should start telling people. So I put then attention into marketing. And I went, I went pretty hard into each part of marketing and then like testing it, trying it, testing it, writing down what worked, testing and trying different thumbnails and what worked. And this is before the A-B testing was cool. Like you had to run your own A-B test. Mm-hmm. And so we were, I was just really focused on what works, what doesn't work, what works, what doesn't work, and then doubling down on everything that was actually working. And I think, I'm not totally sure, but I may have had the first listing video in the state of Arkansas. It was bad. <laughs> But I, I was holding a phone like this with my arm crank so that people couldn't tell that I couldn't afford a tripod or a cameraman. And I I like did a little intro and then I showed pictures of the house in the slide thing and then I did a little outro and I set it to music and then there it was. That was the first listening video and I just did the best I could with like an iPhone four or three or something like that. And what year was that? Uh, man, I want to say that was in twenty
0: fourteen.
1: Okay. Maybe in fifteen. It's hard to it kind of starts to run together. Yeah. (laughs) So uh video started working really well and we put a lot of attention and focus into video and then everything we did just became more about content creation than it did anything else. So I became a creator because of we were creating Um, and we were creating in order to get our message out and to let people know we were different. I ended up speaking at a conference in front of seven thousand agents back in like 2017, and I said that in the future we won't be real estate companies; we'll be media companies that specialize in real estate, mm-hmm. and we'll be media companies that are out there doing the work on behalf of our sellers and on behalf of our buyers. And back then it was a seller's market. I mean, yeah, it was a it was a buyer's market, so mm-hmm. we were trying to do whatever we could to market the sellers. Well, recently, you know, that's flipped to a seller's market, so we've been actually using media and content to market our buyers to potential sellers. And so it's just trying to figure out the best way to serve our clients and for us a big part of that was being creative and making content. That
0: makes yeah. It. And that's what struck me about you is that you you had the you had to kind of almost forced into the marketing side of it, not maybe not even forced but just hey this is what I see is going to going to work and things like that. And right. when you were doing the when you were talking about the split A/B testing, was that website or was that Facebook or was that where where were you guys uh, we, marketing? We
1: started a lot of our marketing on Facebook.
0: Okay, I mean, most
1: mm-hmm. mo- almost all of it exclusively was on Facebook for
0: years because it was cheap back then.
1: The, it was cheap and it was working so well. We would mm-hmm. get so much organic reach. Um, it was I I have taken it out since, but in my our listing presentation, I, I had a screenshot of our reach. Mm and a post about a, a new listing coming on the market got over 30,000 organic views. <laughs> and like, that's unheard of these days. Nobody does a just listed posting, it's 30,000 organic views these days. Right. So whatever changed in Facebook totally ruined that. And Facebook came more of a pay to play scheme. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we started switching to other avenues then. And I've basically been a lot on Instagram and then I help a lot of our agents create content and
0: do what they need to do on their other platforms too. Yeah. Yeah. And that was interesting. I had a conversation with Jeremy Brandt, the We Buy Houses guy. Yeah. And, um, interesting fellow, he's got his hand in hands in a lot of different things. He doesn't do the, um, the buy sell as much anymore. It's more of the, it's not even a franchise. He said, it's just more of like a lead generator where he's, he sends yeah. leads out to different agents and they, they purchase and whatever. And he was saying that they, that the Facebook, you know, he was pretty hot and heavy in Facebook and, and Google AdWords and things like that. And he said that just with the Facebook, and this is recently within the last year, I think is that they didn't allow now to target zip codes. And he goes, I know what zip codes my my ideal prospects in. And he said, we can't do that anymore. It's uh, he goes, I it's almost better to just some somebody out on foot and to just canvas certain uh, zip codes. But yeah, he was saying that was a big change recently. We used to do a lot of micro targeting. I mean, I don't, I don't, I hate to rehash the old days when people.
1: What do I do now, <laughs> but we used to do a lot of micro content for like a specific neighborhood, and we used to be able to target that neighborhood, and the content was for that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But apparently now that's
0: against the. Uh, the fair housing which i don't know how that would be but that is so (laughs) interesting interesting so um so now i mean last time we talked i think were we into rate hikes yet or we were just on the verge of it or something we were they were coming i think yeah so what do you i know is there anything different that you guys are going to be doing or i mean you don't have to reveal your secret sauce or anything but uh, you know what's your kind of broad and then maybe bring it down to the specific
1: well, I mean, actually I, I revealed the secret sauce all the time. And part of that is the company that we're with now is just one that kind of gives, 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 mm-hmm. and we understand that value will come back in our marketplace, but mm-hmm. I'm spending a lot of time, uh, educating clients on exactly what's happening. And I guess you could say re-educating. it sounds terrible, but mm. you know, they're being told by the media that home prices are dropping 50%, but the real interpretation of that is that 50% of listed homes are having a price reduction. Mm that's a different sentence than the one they hear Yeah. whenever the news says 50% price reduction. Now they think, Oh, it was listed at 300. Now it's 150. That's not (laughs) what's happening. It was listed at 300 and now they dropped to 299. Yeah. But that's counted as a price drop. Yeah. So I, I'm spending a lot of time talking to my clients about the realities of what's happening. Um, It makes sense whenever you really think through it all that like, you know, over the last six months, someone will list a house and someone else comes in $50,000 over than that. Okay. The next month, someone lists a house based on that comp that's 50 higher and somebody comes in 30,000 over that. All right. Well, the next month it happens again. And they're already listing higher because of those previous two comps. Mm -hmm. And now someone's only coming in 10,000 higher. Mm. And the just says, oh, maybe the market's about to crash. That one was a dollars <laughs> higher compared to the 50. Well, you're already baselining those price hikes in on the previous comps. Mm-hmm. And so now we're six months down the road and pricing it at that price of what sold last month based on these price hikes and whatever you're expecting. Now you have a seller with an aspirational sell price that looks like it's based on comps, but that's all been inflated. Mm. So if you actually went a little bit under that, then that's probably where it would sell. Mm-hmm. And then buyers are like, oh, so thankful I didn't buy a house at the beginning of the year because I would have had to go fifty thousand dollars over. Well, now that pricing's already built in. So yeah. you're pricing list price, but you're you're like a hundred thousand over what it was. Right. So it's just there's a lot of misunderstanding. And honestly, a lot of it's on the real estate industry mm. because we as real estate agents. We should be experts that media can come to and ask these questions and get a get an understanding that's different from an analyst saying 50% price drops in Austin. Well, mm-hmm. that's not what the analyst means, but that's what their data, they're just spitting the data out. And then mm-hmm. you have a reporter that has a journalism degree that's looking at it going, oh, 50% price cuts. Okay. And then they write it up. And that's not what's happening. So, and and sometimes if you look below the headlines, you actually see the reality in the story. You know, oftentimes will say, "Well, uh, sixty thousand homes." This was this was an article we covered on our show last week. Mm-hmm. Sixty thousand contracts were canceled. Right? That's a fifteen mm-hmm. percent cancellation rate. Whoa, that sounds terrible. It's only five percent higher than the previous cancellation rate, and it's kind of in line with what's normal. Yeah but you don't find that out until you're in the meat of the article. Mm-hmm. So I spend a lot of time making videos and content about educating consumers and agents because a lot of my audience is now agents. And I, I spend a lot of time saying, okay, let's really look at what's happening so that now you can help clients make a decision with something that's probably one of the largest investments they'll ever make. Mm-hmm. And If you're not prepared to help them make that decision, this is probably not the right job for you anymore.
0: Right, right, I agree. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and if it's anything that the last five, six years has taught us is to be a little bit more discerning and critical thinking of any, any kind of information that we're, we're taking, whether that's the news a newspaper or whatever that is. Right. So, you know, given it, if it, if it looks like it's clickbait or it looks like it it probably is and like you said, it's probably the real story is buried in there somewhere and you just have to connect the dots. You know, they're not very good at connecting the dots. It seems like, and
1: there's a lot of YouTubers out there that are just total hacks that are taking Mm -hmm. that information and Spouting that off. One in particular said that 50%, there's 50% price cuts in Phoenix. And that's not happening at all. I called my friend who's in Phoenix. and I was like, Are, is this actually happening in your market? And she said, no, that guy's <laughs> totally off. He's looking at one house and yes, it had price drops, but it's not, it's one listing that was mm-hmm. stupidly overpriced that was actually priced right then.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so, so really all that's all that this is doing, I mean, you're, you're, it's been so inflated. I always, I give people the, the build a pool. Uh, example. So the, the pool, you know, the average pool here would cost maybe like 60 K. And I was talking to uh, the pool guy, my, my parents use, and we've been in the market for one. And I asked him, I said, well, what, what is it, you know, the normal price versus what is it over now? And he said, Oh, and this was almost a year ago when I talked to him, he said it was over 15,000 over what the normal price of a pool is. So 60K, if that's the normal price, then you're gonna be paying 75, 80K for yeah, a pool yeah. because you got the inflation rates built in. And and so what happens when, you know, you, you get the money tightens a little bit for, for being able to borrow. Well, yeah, like, like you said, these jumps have been happening and they're setting, you know, setting a new standard, setting a new standard, setting a new standard. Well, then then the old standard is just gonna be people coming down, 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 you know, hey, I'm so not be, gonna pay, yeah. you know, type of thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, one of the things that's been on my mind a lot lately is maybe not everybody should have a pool. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, going skiing was like a luxury thing. Like my parents never went skiing. We didn't have that kind of money. Now we were middle class people, but we didn't have that kind of money. People mm-hmm. that had that kind of money were wealthy. Mm-hmm. Well, the price of skiing hasn't changed in years and years. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, now I go skiing, right? And it's like, I don't know anyone. Like, not there's, I don't have friends that haven't skied in years. I mean, they go all the time. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, that was a luxury good. That was a luxury type of vacation. Right. So I think we're, through inflation, you're gonna see some things that are luxury goods become luxury goods again and become out of the reach of the middle class and the upper middle class. And that's kind of how it was for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. But we've had money lately. Everyone's mm-hmm. been rich lately. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if that's gonna come back down or is, are those luxury goods gonna stay high? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think you're gonna see people start to change some buying habits in order to afford those things they really want. Right? You know, we think, oh, the economy's crashing as we cry over our $10 cup of coffee. <laughs> like, what What are we doing? Maybe <laughs> maybe it wouldn't be crashing for you if we didn't have $10 of coffee every day. It's a little... <laughs> right. It's a luxurious thing that you have there, yeah. so I, you know, I think that would be a reframing and a reshaping. But anytime you ask people to change their lifestyle in order to get something or tame something or, you know,
0: lose weight, save money, mm.
1: that's a hard change.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, switching gears just a little bit. What, what in your background really prepared you for what you're doing today? Is there like, is there anything? Is it more a school of hard knocks? Is it, is it, was schooling? Did schooling help? What helped you get here? That's a really skills. good question.
1: I think there's a couple of avenues on, uh, you know, my dad was into self-help stuff for mm-hmm. years. You know, he was the sales guy. Yep. And when I was probably 12, 13, I listened to the weekend seminar by Jim Rohn. Um, mm-hmm. And I think my dad- Tony Robbins played. talks about him. Yeah, back in the day, my dad did pay like a couple of thousand dollars for this CD set. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, Tony was, I guess, mentored by him or whatever. Tony mm-hmm. used to go to his conferences. Yep. So I I listened to that and then I started listening to it like once a year. So there was early in my development, there was some like, hey, look beyond where you are now. There's there's other stuff out there. There's you could be a visionary, you can you could change things, you could do things that make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so I started investing in those kinds of things. Uh self-help sounds lame but professional development personal mm-hmm. development stuff you know reading todd duncan and all of those guys uh when i was when i was a teen i was also a nerd so mm-hmm. i started my own web design business when i was in high school and it was funny because they did a work study where you could go out like half a day if you go to your job mm-hmm. but i was self-employed in work study and the first reporter turned in the principal was like you can't do this i'm like why not these are my clients, I'm taking care of them. He was like, okay, you can do this, but we have to have testimonials now every week. And so I get client yeah. testimonials that showed him what I did for them. And so I was I was always a nerd and geek and into into gadgets and gizmos and digital. And so if you're a content creator, that's like right up your alley. Like that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's everything. Everything I have around me right now are beautiful gadgets that I love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there was this professional development track that kind of made me look at things differently and I think when those two kind of combined, that's pretty much the backbone of the content that I have to this day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is figuring it out and just trying something. I'm an introvert by nature, mm-hmm. but I have, to feel, I have to extend myself out there to be on social media. I'm much more comfortable in front of a camera than I am in front of like an audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have to, you know, anytime I speak or something like that, I have to extend myself. But I think it's just getting, number one, getting over yourself. And Mm -hmm. number two, understanding strengths that you have and just playing to whatever those strengths are. Mm -hmm. And yeah, kind of like stay in that lane. Like you're not going to see me do too many posts or articles about design ideas.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's just, I mean, I can recognize good design, right? I can help a client stage. I have an eye for it, but I I can't talk about it. Mm It's not my language. That's not my, that's not what I'm best at. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of stay in my lane.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's like a art and a science, right? Like the, the art of it is the Tony Robbins is the Dunkins, like all the, all those people out there, the visionaries and things like that professional development you mentioned. And there's the, the science of it, which is like the, the data, you know, what pieces of content and where you put it and you know, what does the image look like? They split A/B testing, like all that kind of stuff. And I kind of took the same road as you. And I think that's why, you know, I felt a little bit more of a connection. Is having to figure it out on your own. I mean, I was a criminology major coming out of school. I played baseball, you know, my whole life, and then got done with baseball in, in college, and was like, okay, now what? And I, uh, you know, thought I want to be FBI agent or CIA or something, something like that. And I was like, no, I don't think I want to do that. So then I got into real estate, got my realtor's license, got um, hired on with an invest investing in real estate uh, company. You know, buying houses at auction. And you know, that kind of started the 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 steamroll for entrepreneurship, um, but you know, you and I and, and others like us are kind of figured out on your own. And I think that's, yeah. I don't know, I think that's the fun of it is doing well, that.
1: Well, and I, I, you know, there's a place for, there's a really good book, um, Rocket Fuel. Mm-hmm. I just started reading it, but it talks about the difference in a visionary and an implementer. I'm definitely more on the visionary side of that. I'm a terrible implementer. I have to push myself to implement anything. Mm. But I think there's there's something to be said for those that are just gonna say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to figure this out and do it. Now I I tried to figure it out and do it, but also analyze the credit out of it. Mm-hmm. But they say that uh, their success leaves clues, right? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the quote. Mm-hmm. In in real estate, success leaves books and courses and seminars and mentors, and there's so many people that have done so well in real estate and wrote about it for other people to come back and follow and to come mm-hmm. back and find. There are, um, you know, gurus that you can listen to that have mastered it. There's companies you could partner with that do it for you. So there's really not any part of real estate that would be an excuse to not be successful in, because you could hire it out. You Mm -hmm. could figure it out. Mm -hmm. Now, I think if you want to get to a different level and kind of blaze your own trail, that's a different animal, but as a starting real estate. There's, there's a lot of agents that ask me like, Hey, you know, just getting back into real estate or just starting real estate. You know, I've always heard the advice you do, you, do you agree? Should I do this thing? Cause this is really me Mm. and I don't, I mean, you do you, when you know what you cost you Mm. until then you do what everyone else has done before you. Mm -hmm. Then when you've sold some houses, when you have a great understanding of the contracts, when you can reach out confidently and speak real estate to people, then find your own trail and you do you. But for years, I didn't have a beard. I was clean shaven, I wore a suit coat. Mm-hmm. You know, Now I'll show up in joggers and a t-shirt and get a million dollar listing, no big deal. But that's because that's who I am and they watch me and they're like, hey, we, we see your stuff. Mm-hmm. If I showed up in a suit, they would be like, oh, okay. So that guy we watched is not the real guy. Mm-hmm. This guy's the real guy and I don't like him. Mm-hmm. So, but I know, I know that there's certain people that won't call me because I don't wear a suit on stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and I'm comfortable with that cost because I know what I make and I know I know my lane. I know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But if you're just starting out, do what everyone did before you. Then pick one or two things to start to master, and then start to blaze your own trail if you want to. Or you mm-hmm. could just follow what really successful people have done before you and be extremely successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that especially when you're getting going in the beginning. I mean, people have already they've already given you the cheat code. So why not, why not just follow yeah. that? And, um, and then in, in there, you'll see little nooks and crannies that you can, you can hit, you know, which kind of brings me to the next question is, so when you, you do a lot of stuff for the company, you do a lot of media, you did a lot of content and all that. Um, so people find you that way. What what do you find of, of all the different things that you do? What, what is the better, maybe the one or two um, methods that you use that you get, you warm that that market up quite a bit when they come in. They're like, "Hey, Ray, let's do it. Let's, uh, you know, let's find something or or find me something."
1: When anyone comes to me through Instagram, it is a, "Would you please work with us? Would you mm-hmm. please list my house?" Mm-hmm. When someone comes to me through Google, it's, "We saw you. We really like you. We've read your blog post. We've been to your. We want to work with you." Mm-hmm. When someone comes to me through Zillow. It's like, I might be working with a realtor. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, the warmest reception I have is from the landing spots that I've created.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: really try to create the softest landing spot on Instagram mm-hmm. where someone could go there and have an understanding of what it might be like to work with me. Mm-hmm. And if they like that and they want to work with me, there's plenty of ways to reach out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google is the one that I'm building more. Uh, we're mm-hmm. revamping our site since the merger and we we're re- redoing a lot of it. Uh, you know, removed all the old blog posts and we're putting brand new fresh content there. Mm-hmm. But our goal is to have stories of our clients and the heroes that they are to us, mm-hmm. not us being heroes to them. Right. But the heroes that they are to us and how they went through the transaction and what they did that was right and beautiful and how it ended for them. Mm -hmm. And we want to have as many stories like that as possible. And then we'll start creating some of the content that's more like lead generation based content. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, here's some information about this neighborhood or that neighborhood. But we, by that time have created this, what I call a soft place for people to land Mm -hmm. where they can go there and then they see a testimony and then click that testimony. And they see other testimonies and social proof that we are more than just a real estate agency. We're more than just an agent um, you know, a house is more than a number of bedrooms and bathrooms and square footage. Anybody can do that. A real estate agent is more than a tour guide to that. Mm-hmm. So here's what we're about. And when we can create platforms in a relationship with a platform that says, here's what we're about, and we're about you, the client, then the client feels very comfortable transacting with us. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, we're also testing TikTok.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, are, I was just going to so, ask you about that.
1: We're about to do a bunch of tests on YouTube. I've been reading and setting that for like a year and a half or two. And so mm-hmm. now we have a bunch of backlog content that we've shot that we're starting to edit and that will be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. TikTok, I'm doing a 30 day challenge to do 90 videos. I'm way behind, but mm-hmm. what I'm doing is throwing as much stuff against the wall as I can. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to see a trend on what sticks and what doesn't stick. And when stuff sticks, then I'll start to create content that's mainly in that lane. Mm-hmm. And the from what I've seen, TikTokers that kind of stay in their lane, like all of their content, is kind of the same type. Mm-hmm. They do incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And those that just throw random stuff don't do so well. I'm not looking to do well in this 30 day challenge. I'm more or less trying to see what catches on and what
0: sticks and what people like. Find your path, yeah, you're trying to find yeah. your path. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And as long as I enjoy creating that content too, then I'll do that. Yeah. But if people like a certain type of content that I just don't really enjoy,
0: and I'm just not going to do it. I'll find something else that I like. Mm-hmm. Generally, how many how many minutes or seconds are you doing for a TikTok videos? Are you doing like a minute?
1: We're doing longer, actually. Um, there's been some recent studies and research that are showing some of the longer TikToks do well. So a minute, minute and a half—that's kind of our our goal for like a tip. If it's a longer video, like a tour video or something like that, we could go up to three minutes. Um, I just got ten minutes TikToks, so I've never played with that, but from what I understand and what I'm hearing from other creators that are far better than I am, I've just been doing the research, Mm. Um, they're saying that the longer TikToks are becoming, they're pushing them more, TikTok is pushing it more, and it's almost as if TikTok wants to be a real competitor for YouTube, but it's Mm. basically a vertical YouTube platform.
0: Right, right. Interesting. Interesting. Well, before, uh, before I let you go and be respectful of your time, um, I want to ask you a question before we get to the, you know, where people can find you, what you want to, um, which you want to um, sure. promote, um, for advice for those, like you kind of tapped on it a little bit earlier for those that are just getting into the, into the real estate market. Um, what, what top couple things would you say, if you can sum it up, um, that yeah. would you give them? If you're
1: just getting into real estate and you're not a real estate expert yet, maybe you are and you have chops from, you know, other parts of the industry or whatever, this would not be for you. But if you haven't really developed your expertise and you're looking to create content, focus on the area and the location. Mm -hmm. Because if you've lived there for a long time, then you probably are way more of an expert than anyone else that's thinking about moving there. And you probably know a lot of stuff that locals don't know. Now, if you're new to the area as well, create content about the area. Mm -hmm. Allow people to discover that location with you. I mean, think about when you read a book or watch a movie, whenever you have a character that's in a place that they grew up and that they're highly familiar with, the area is not the story. Mm -hmm. That character has to be an incredible story because there's nothing discoverable or mysterious in the area that they have experienced and grown up in. Mm -hmm. But when you take a character and you start to insert them into a story, into a place they've never been, now now that is a different story now where they are is a story so you as a real estate agent or you could say you're a character as you're being inserted into a place you've never been before then focusing on that area and allowing other people to discover that area through you is a hugely attractive story that Mm -hmm. people will start to follow and wonder you'll even have locals that'll be like hey i wonder if they're gonna find that secret pizza joint that we all know about Mm-hmm. Right, And they'll start to track and maybe they'll start to drop clues and you can find stuff in comments. So if you're new or new to an area, I would say focus on the area. Now, if you've been in the game a long time, you get asked questions all the time. And those questions that you're asked most often, write them down, put them in a story, put them in a, <coughs> um, a video, make post about it, blog post about it, because people are all, probably also Googling those same questions. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have a tip jar on my, and I just, any of those mm-hmm. questions, I write them down. These are like old contracts that I've cut up, but any of those, um, I just write them down and I have them here. So if I'm in a drought or need to know, like I, I gotta create a piece of content real quick, I'm I to recommend about, will sellers be at the closing? So this was a question about a buyer. Will the sellers, will the other side of the transaction be at closing? So mm-hmm. I would do a short little video about, hey, for most closings in, in our area, it's going to be a split closing. Buyers going to use their title company. It may even be the same title company, but everyone's split. I'll Mm -hmm. talk about why and when that happened, all that stuff. Right. It's a real easy piece of quick content you can put out there Mm -hmm. to educate the consumer and allow them to know that you're an expert and hopefully answer some of their questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, you know, there's some unique things too, you can do with Google to find out some of those things. Um, and you know, I used to think that SEO was just looking up the, you know, going on a Google keyword planner or something, and then putting in three keywords and it'll give you like different versions of that and things like that. And it was yeah. actually on, on Google, you can go down, you can do a search term. Um, you can kind of scroll through the results, the top, the, the, the first page. And then when you get underneath there's um, related searches and those related searches are searches yeah. that, that people are actually typing in that they're searching. And sometimes you can get, you know, it might give you a I don't know, eight, maybe eight different ones. And uh, some, well, some, they might be all similar or some of them might be different. Like they might be a different rabbit hole, different, you know, maybe uh, three feet away, a different rabbit hole that you can go down and then it'll give you, it'll kind of branch out, which is kind of cool. Um, But I love that. I love that piece of advice is taking the questions that you get or the questions through search or, or whatever and you can make um, pieces of content for those that are, you know, new. I think that might be scary for some to come in and say, "You mean I got to do? I got to do a video? I got to be on video for that?" You don't have to. I mean, yeah. you don't
1: have to do any video or any content marketing at all. Mm-hmm. And I've got a good friend of mine that hardly does any, and he's like got a billion dollar business. Is he leaving a lot of money on the table because he's not doing that? Absolutely,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you have to be comfortable with leaving that kind of money out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to be comfortable with looking your friends and family in the face and saying, yeah, I didn't earn that much this year, so I can't do it. But Mm -hmm. I could have shot a couple of videos and gotten over my own fear and maybe
0: we could have sent you to college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, success leaves clues. What's your why? Mm -hmm. The success leaves clues, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, Ray. Well, hey, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, where can people find you? Go ahead and um, I know you wanted to promote the the podcast, all that. So go ahead and. Um. Yeah, you can find us there. We're, I'm on Instagram. That's the best place to
1: kind of find something and and be with me everywhere. <laughs> uh, so Razorback. I'm an Arkansas alum. So Razorbacks, that's where that name comes from. My first <laughs> Razorback, intro. I love it. So. R a y z o r b a c k. Mm-hmm. Uh, the handle stuck since college man and Then uh <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like i don't want to change it either i just, just got it so keep it it's your uh, lane that's right uh but there's a link tree in there that's got a whole bunch of stuff we're starting a youtube formula book club first days tomorrow to do an overview we've got um, the podcast going every week it's about 12 o'clock central um, and we just cover news stories live, kind of dive into the headlines, what's actually happening, what's actually being said. Mm. Um,
0: and so that's kind of our, that's kind of our bread and butter. That's what we'd love to do. Yeah. those stuff. Right, <laughs> and and I like that, and I and I completely encourage people to go out and and uh, at least you know follow you and and listen to what you're doing because I, I just like I said I get on a lot of calls with real estate agents and things and um, you know some are pretty in in the business there's really not a, a marketing side to them might be a little new like you said maybe they're just not. That they, they think it's not their lane, so they don't even yeah. go at it. But I feel like you really tackled that, or uh, tackling that. That's never really a destination, but yeah. a journey. I think Troy's <laughs> finding stuff like you, like you said, you're throwing, you know, ninety day challenge. You're throwing as much as you can up on the board and TikTok to see which ones work, and then you find those. You know, it probably might be only five of those, not yeah. you know, those ninety videos or ten, and um, and th- but those are big, and then you just do more videos just like that and yeah. you, you build a follow and all that. So, um, I mean, keep up the great work, man. Um, Thanks. appreciate you coming on to the podcast and, uh, you know, maybe we can do a take two at some point. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Stay on Ray real quick. Let me stop the recording.